I want to take a few minutes to share something today that I think everybody can relate to. You know, whether you've ever been through a, a dark night of the soul, you've got doubts about faith, fears about rejection, you know, wounds you need healed, questions about why there's evil in the world. Greg Matthews wrote a book called Wild Awakenings. I'll share his story in just a moment. It's, it's very remarkable. Pastor Alan Brown shared Jesus is the real deal. And hopefully as we go through this discussion here today, you'll find that more true than ever for your life. Uh, for Greg Matthews' backstory, he grew up in a happy family with a brother, his mom and dad. They went camping, spent time in the outdoors. His father was his hero. He was very excited about eight or nine years old when his dad got him a, a small rifle because he wanted to hunt like his dad. He said one day he was outside, he and his brother, and his dad came out of the house with a suitcase. They were excited. They ran up and said, are we going on vacation? And his dad said, no, I don't live here anymore. And Greg shared he and his brother just sat on the ground and cried. You know, Gary Thomas said it like this, when a marriage gets sick, the family gets sick. Greg would say, you know, he and his brother, they became close. His parents, they go through different relationships. They'd remarry more than once. He lived place to place. He grew up and he and his brother still very close. They, they planned a trip to go to Alaska for a moose hunt. He would say that he did not know they were about to meet a monster. Matthew 28, a verse we all know is what Jesus said before the ascension. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he said this, go and disciple the nations. What Jesus said there, he fully intends to happen and it will happen. That's why I know there are people out there that, that they preach and believe that the world's going to get worse and worse and worse. But as I've shared before, we don't just sing about victory in Jesus. It's a biblical fact. It's a promise. When Jesus said, go disciple the nations, he's talking about every country coming under his kingdom rule that he shall reign. He reigns now. As we saw last week, Paul says he fills the entire universe He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's just as real in you and me because greater is he in you than he in the world. And Jesus says all authority is in him. And when he said, go disciple the nations, it's something that he meant and will happen and is happening. You know, in 400 AD, John Chrysostom, in three words, shared what we are called to do in Christ. He simply said, do your duty. You know, stand in the gap. But do it with confidence, knowing you're on victory side, knowing that in all things we're more than conquerors in Christ, as we'll look at here in Paul's words in just a moment. The story about Riga Berto Menchu is just fascinating. She grew up in Guatemala. She said at the time, villages were being destroyed by guerrilla warfare. She worked at a convent six hours from her village. She'd walk there. She was a maid, four days at the convent, six hours to walk back to her village the nuns, they liked her, so they taught her to read and write. Unfortunately, one day while she was gone, her family all perished in an attack on her village. The nuns, they rescued her. They sent her to Mexico. A journalist from France heard about this survivor, this young girl. Can I interview you, he said. And so four months he spent with Rigoberta. The book that they published together about those interviews called I, Rigoberta, translated into 66 languages the world then learned about the violence in Guatemala, helped put it to an end, and Rigoberta won the Nobel Peace Prize. She would say this, though, in Guatemala, we believe we must wear a belt to remind ourselves of our highest dreams, that half of us is in the sky and the other half is on earth, and we imagine dreams we think are not possible. Then we remind ourselves those dreams must be brought down from heaven to earth. Dreams without actions are nothing 
they evaporate. She closed by saying this, if I could win the Nobel Peace Prize, starting out as a maid who couldn't read, then you too can accomplish great things. What is your excuse? For many, it's the, it's the fear of rejection. And for those listening today, let me share how some of that rejection is born, especially in the heart of a man. As Greg Matthews shared, you know, when his dad left, a few months later, he got to see him again and go to his new place. And he said, you know, I thought the only reason my dad left was he must have had something incredible going on. I believed he must now have a mansion or live in Disneyland. And he said he got there and it was an apartment that was run down and filthy. And Greg would share, my dad hadn't traded up at all. In fact, if this is what made him happy, I must have done something pretty terrible to drive him away. I had to accept the fact that I meant nothing to my dad. I no longer had to value in his eyes or even worse in mine. And that rejection was born in his heart and it started a terrible downward spiral for Greg and he turned to violence, alcohol, got expelled from school. He was sharing what happened. There was a bright spot through this. His mother, she married a Christian. He went to church and he found their people encouraging people that showed him kindness. And so when the the minister gave a message and said, you want to give your life to Christ, he started to sob. He went forward, committed his life to Jesus. Later, though, he joined the Air Force. He said, I'm hoping to make my father proud. And he said, every decision I would think, what do you think about this, Dad? Are you proud of me? In the Air Force, Greg got married, but he was still broken inside. After the Air Force, he joined the, the fire station. But there he saw pain and destruction in the field. He said the worst was domestic violence. And one day his new wife said she wanted children. And Greg said, I can't be a father. Not after what happened with his own rejection issues with his own dad, the the pain he saw in marriages, and she left. Not long after his mom died, and he said, now it's me and my brother, my father, and I were still very, very distant. Tim Clinton said something for each of us that I think is just so valuable. He says, if you can't see them, it's doubtful you'll be able to lead them to Christ. If you can't see them, you don't see other people if I don't see other people because we don't have the time or we don't pay attention it's been well said God has no better plan than to use people we do that with the confidence knowing that Jesus said all things shall be brought under his feet in fact after he said those words go disciple the nations I'll read the amplified version of Matthew 28 I am with you always remaining with you perpetually regardless of circumstance and on every occasion even to the end of the age. That promise is one we quote often, I'm with you always, Jesus says, even in all things. We'll see that here in just a moment. One thing that might help each of us is what an anonymous person said when they said it's time to perhaps avoid still people. Avoid still people, those still complaining, still broke, still not making a change, still making excuses. For Greg, he would share that six years after his divorce, he got married again, and this time the, the person, she already had a five-year-old son, and so he realized maybe he could be a father, but after two miscarriages, he would share this. Whenever I loved someone, any joy I felt was always canceled out by an equal measure of pain. That night in church years before was a long way away. It was 40 years since my dad left our family, yet I still asked myself when I made a decision, Dad, will this make you proud? Will this impress you? He and I now talked each week on the phone. I told him about the hunting trip to Alaska. He told me to be careful. Now Greg and his brother are in Alaska. 
They're out in the field. He's on one side of a ridge. His brother's on the other. Here's what he said happened next. I was watching for a moose. My brother was over the ridge. We had been in Alaska a few days. I saw something move. Then it stood up. It was a grizzly. Over eight feet tall, 600 pounds, her nose in the air. She was hunting. She was hunting me. I felt the blood drain from my face. Sheer terror washed over me. In the 1800s, Minister Horace Bushnell said, No man is ever called to be another. God has as many plans for men as he has men. And therefore, he never requires them to measure their life exactly by way of any other life. Our standard is Christ. He is the one we seek to follow. He's the one that said all nations shall be discipled. He's the one who said, I am with you always. And if you look at Romans chapter 8, another verse I'm sure most know by heart, Paul says, in all these things, these things meaning pain, challenge, hurts, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, that's the promise that we embrace, and that's why we can say we go forth to do our duty. Greg Matthews would share, you know, before that trip, he and his wife, they had two children. And at this point, he said, I wanted to be the dad they needed. So each night he would tell them, I believe in you. He would say, I did not want my kids to know that rejection I had known. Here in this moment now, he said, I may never see them again. Back to his words, the, ran, the bear ran so fast, I only got one shot off. What happened next, he details in his book, Wild Awakenings. I won't get into all the, the, the details that he talks about, but essentially the bear grabbed him by the face. He immediately went blind and deaf. He was mauled for several minutes. The, the bear bit him on his shoulders, his legs, on his back, on his face. The pain, he said, was overwhelming. And there was a moment, he said, suddenly the pain disappeared peace from God flooded his heart. Here's what he said. I heard my daughter say, fight daddy. You have to come home to us. The Lord's presence was as real as that predator standing over me. And God spoke to me, Greg, I love you. You are my son. I have shown you this vision of your family because I need you to fight right now. Suddenly my hearing returned. I started to punch and kick the bear. She tossed me several feet in the air. Then I heard my brother. The bear let go of him and charged the brother. The brother fired one shot, stood up, growled at him, ran off into the woods. Let me read the new living translation of Romans 8, which says it like this. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Because greater is he that is in you than he in the world. And that's why we can say with confidence, we don't, again, just sing about victory in Jesus. It's, it's the experience where we're meant to live. We seek to live because in him, we have overwhelming victory. Greg would share that after the bear attack, he barely survived the trip off the mountain. It was a mile and a half journey of pain, blood loss. When they got down to the river, there was someone there that had a cell phone and they were able to, to call for help. A helicopter arrived, took him to the hospital. He would share that he later learned at that same time his family, 3,000 miles away, they were praying, believing something was wrong. But in the hospital, he was fighting for his life. Some of his hearing returning, his sight starting to return, but he's bandaged up. Tremendous blood loss, and he said this, 
Here was his prayer. God, I know you're here. You showed me when I was a child that you are real, but right now I've been pounded to the bottom of the sea by a tidal wave of fear. Daddy, your little boy is scared. What happened next, though, the terror that he knew that day it was about to get a whole lot worse. Throughout this story here, you might have noticed that he shares a lot about the, the challenges of facing rejection, especially in the heart of a man and, and trying to connect with his father. And, you know, brokenness, it can carry for generations, you know, divorce and toxicity and, and dysfunction until somebody stands up and says, you know, enough. I, I want these things to end with my family, my generation. Perhaps you've been there, perhaps even today, you know, family problems, rejections, doubts, fears. Let me share something for, for, you know, husbands and wives, for couples, or if you're single to think about when you are in a relationship, if you're in a toxic relationship, here's some things to make it better. If your relationship is healthy, you know, something that you can take and also improve your relationship even more, but maybe share with others who are struggling. Something Shantae Felton shared called the Fantastic Five. Some things to take to heart on how to make relationships more healthy. She shared the Fantastic Five, five things for husbands to do and five things for wives to do. And for wives, number one, notice your husband's effort and thank him. We've talked often, men respond to appreciation. You hear that with Greg's story. You know, you're constantly saying, you know, I wish somebody would recognize who I am, the effort I put forth. Give me that uh, approval. Number two, verbally say, you did a great job at, and fill in the blank. Say it out loud so that he can hear it. Number three, praise him in front of others. Number four, demonstrate that you find him attractive. Number five, make sure he knows that he makes you happy. As we've said before, men will leave if they can't make their woman happy, if not physically, then mentally. And for your husbands, five things to do for your wife. Number one, hold her hand. Uh, number two, leave her messages, text, voicemails that let her know you're thinking about her. Number three, put your arm around her in public. Four, tell her you are beautiful. And five, when you are depressed, talk about it, deal with it but don't withdraw. You know, there's always a way if we are committed. And as Paul would say, again, despite all these circumstances, the challenges he was facing, persecution in that first century, people being put to death for their faith, Paul would say, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Why? Because he is risen. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he's seated at the right hand of the Father, reigning till all things are brought under his feet. And we take that to heart because it's a, a literal truth. I know there's plenty of challenges today. There's always challenges. And again, I know there's people that are naysayers and they believe that things get worse and worse and worse. And that's where history is headed. But I would say, you know, Jesus made it clear, go disciple the nations. And as Paul said, we have overwhelming victory in Christ. And Jesus said, I'm with you always, regardless of the circumstance. Evil again does not win. Christ reigns till all things are brought under his feet. Tony Robbins said it well, know that your worst day can be your best day. For Greg, as we conclude his story, he's about to find that to be true. He shared he was in the hospital. Middle of the night, his brother's now gone home. The nurses are outside at their station. He's bandaged up. All the images 
all the terror starts to fill his mind about what had happened just hours before. And he shared this, Where were you, God, when the 600-pound beast was ripping me apart? Why didn't you stop it? Where were you when I was screaming in pain and the grizzly was carving me up with her fangs? And Greg would share as clear as anything. He heard the voice of Jesus, and Jesus said, Greg, I never left you for a second during the entire attack. I was protecting you when you didn't even know I was protecting you. I felt every bite and every claw that ripped you. I experienced every feeling running through your mind and heart, and I felt the fear and terror surging through your veins. I was there to hold you close during your desperate screams for help. I became your shield. When the bear charged, I was there. When that single bullet traveled into the mouth of the bear where I directed it so she did not have full use of her jaw, I was there. When you went blind and deaf, I protected your heart and mind and the future of your family by not allowing you to witness the most terrible parts of the attack. I vividly placed the picture in your mind of your daughter so you would fight. I never left your side as I never left your side from the moment I created you. Greg would share at that second, he thought, I wanted this moment with Jesus to go on forever. The next day, the rangers show up and, and they said to the brother, we have to find that bear. We can't have that dangerous bear roaming the woods. Greg had a map where they had located where they had been took the rangers there they found the spot of the attack they searched about a hundred yards out they found the bear the rangers were going to examine this bear's body as they did so the ranger looked at the bear's jaw and said look at that the only reason your brother is alive is this bear did not have full use of its jaw that shot he took was a miracle another miracle that happened Greg shared in his recovery his father realized how much he loved his son they were reconciled Greg's fear of rejection ended in God's love he would share his dad even wrote him a letter that said I am so proud of you he said that was a huge step and then he writes this the craziest part I would go through the horror and pain all over again for another minute with Jesus just like that night in the hospital. Know that your worst day can be your best. I hope that uh, you find yourself in Greg's story in some sense as I put myself in his story. We've all had questions about, you know, where's God when it hurts? Where's God when bad things happen? Everybody wrestles at some sense with that fear of rejection and saying, you know, am I enough? And in the picture of Christ, we find again that he would lay down his life and take it back up again and say, follow after me, do your duty. You are on the team that is going to have all victory in all things because Christ reigns till all things are brought under his feet and that your worst day can be your best day. You know, after Paul said that in all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us, he would share this, Romans 8 for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, 
nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the promise that we take. That's the promise we live with. That's the promise that we embrace that says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Then in the promise, Jesus says, I'm with you, always remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, on every occasion, even unto the end of the age. If you want to read more of Greg's book again, it's called Wild Awakenings, but I hope today you'll stop and consider your life as I stop and consider my life. And again, to, to raise our standard to a different place and say, I serve the risen Savior. And because of him, I can face all things. Because of him, I will pray, God, let me see people. And in seeing them, help me to lead them to you. Because truly, God has no better plan than to use people just like you and me that he might be glorified in all things and truly we know victory in Jesus.